right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, uh, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., uh, promoter, event planner, marketing specialist, media specialist, all-around good guy, hanging out with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Hey, Dave. Everything good? This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, black media expert, and all-around good guy number uno. How's everything going you, Dave? Uh, everything is good, man. I can't complain. Everything good with you? Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, made it through the Christmas holiday. We talk about the the years flying. Uh, it has flown the coop now. Yeah, no, here come to, uh, this weekend, 2024, man. Um, well, uh, going into four years since the pandemic started, that's hard to believe, right? Four years since it started. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, the the years have just gone by so fast, man. It's unbelievable, but. Thank God that we are here to talk about it, and uh, hopefully everybody had a wonderful Christmas holiday, um, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating. Hopefully everything um, was bright for you and and merry, and in whatever way you want to put it. Okay. Um, I know we have New Year's coming up in a couple of days. Yeah, and um, you got any big plans for New Year's? Um, well, you know, I I will be on on a trip to a a secret place for New Year's. Okay, yeah, you know, okay, with, with, with the wife. But yes, yeah, so I have plans, Dave. I'm really looking forward to this New Year's because um, 2023 didn't do me right, so I I, I got to get my get back for 2024. Well, you can you can say it didn't do you right, but I mean, you know. You 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 came. You had a couple of big things happen to you this this past year. You know, yeah, so I, I, I did. But you you know you know how. And and Dave, you're right. Let let me um, show gratitude because I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it was a great year. But you know how like there's so much you want to do, and you you only get a certain amount done. So, 2024 is where I want to accomplish a lot of the goals that I set at the beginning of the year. So um, I'm, I'm well, looking forward I, to that. I could see us having this conversation in 2024 at the end of 2024 and, you know, being able to talk about some of those things that you want to accomplish in reference to some of the things that happened to you this year. Um, you know, of course the big thing being, um, you know, becoming the new owner of the campground down there, uh, the GNR campground. And of course that, you know, is still getting your feet wet there, but you know, um, <laughs> but you're almost a year in pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this time next year, we're hoping that, you know, um, you know, things, a lot of things that you're trying to accomplish, a lot of them have been done. So. So we'll see what happens. You know, um, I look forward to 2024 because, you know, um, 
in my, in my mind is one year closer to retirement. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bro. I mean, Dave. Dave, you say that, but you get in, you get in all that good state money. You, you may not want to. Man, retire. I know. Look, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I can for the whole year, 2024, and then hopefully 2025, I can walk away, um, and uh, then figure out what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. So we'll see what happens. So, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, um, but you know, I guess we'll. We'll talk. Uh, I guess when we do our next show, we can do our year, our year in review show. I guess we can do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sounds uh, like a plan. Yeah, that that'll be our next show. So, all right. Well, we got a few things to talk about um, today um, that we wanted to kind of give you guys some, get your guys' uh, minds open to, and get some thoughts about. So, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with the show. Um. Uh, our first story. I was hoping to be able to get the video, um, so you guys can hear this. But there's a video that's um, out there on TikTok of a young man. He's talking in his car, and he's talking about experience that he had. Um, said he went into. I think he said it was Denny's, and he went in to get some coffee, and. Um, he encounters this guy and he's a white older gentleman and he's sitting there and, um, he, you know, he decided he had some time. He decided to go ahead and get something to eat too. So he sits down and he's across from the guy, the guy's sitting there celebrating his, I think he said it was his 80th birthday, right? Or something like that. 90th, 90th, 90th birthday. And, um, so, um, he, um, you know, he's watching the celebration and everything, and the guys, you know, um, you know, he makes a contact, eye contact with the guy, and and they end up having a conversation. I'm kind of making things uh, paraphrasing. If you guys go on Facebook, you'll probably see this video. If anybody's interested in seeing the video, I can send them the link to it. Um, and they get into this discussion about how he used to be the 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 90 year old used to be a firefighter and he's talking to him and he's telling him stories about when he was a firefighter and how he had you know he had remorse for some of the things that he did as a firefighter now keep in mind the guy who's 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 in this video is a young black man he's you know and he's talking about you know talking to this older white gentleman and the guy starts telling him, you know, how remorseful he was because there were some fires that he went into um, where he could have saved people of color. And he chose not to. And he left him there to die. And he was feeling remorseful about this as he was talking to this young black guy talking about how he should have done he should have could he could have done better he he should have been better how he feels so bad that he did that he said back then that was a common practice with a lot of policemen as well and uh cops as well 
I mean, firefighters as well in these type of situations where they had to, you know, choose to whether or not to save people of color or black people, I should say, because that's who he mainly was talking about. And, and or just let them die in the situations that they were in. You saw this video, right? I, I did. What was your thoughts about this? To be honest, nothing was surprising. I mean, if we think about when he was talking about the 60s and 70s, you know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking civil rights time. So, you know, it's not surprising that, well, it would not be surprising to me if firefighters let black people die in fires, if police were either slow or did not show up to 911 calls in black neighborhoods, or if ambulances took their time or maybe didn't even make it to black neighborhoods, you know, for emergencies. So, I mean, it's not surprising. Um, you know, I mean, I guess the best thing is that, you know, he regrets it. And, you know, I guess, you know, unfortunately he has to live knowing what he did. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I think we all learn. Well, and, and, you know, and yeah, that that's all true. And of course, a lot of it had to do with the time that it was back then. But the fact that he's sitting there and he's having this conversation with this young black guy in reference to what he did. And, you know, and, you know, if you listen to the black guy talk, you know, he's pretty taken aback by the whole thing. And, you know, he's like, you know, he doesn't you can tell he's not sure what to think. Um, and, you know. I mean, of course, I know there's a, a, a bevy of emotions that are coming through him at that time. Because, you know, you're thinking about, you know, you 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 thinking about sadness. You're thinking about anger. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be angry about this. And you got to think, you know, but then you also have to look at whether the sign of the time, because it was the sign of the times, whether it should be, like you said, it shouldn't be surprising or whatever the case may be. But you think about all those people that he probably let die or didn't help, that he could have helped because they didn't look like him. That's really, a, 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 you know, there's no excuse for that, regardless of what the situation may be. You, you take an oath as a firefighter, as a police officer, you know, you take an oath to serve and protect or to help and, you know, rescue anyone that needs it. But when you start playing God and you choose the people that you want to save, it's not it's not a good thing. Um, and even to this day, because I'm sure it still goes on. Yeah, I'm and sure. They, and they, we, we're not even going to talk about the medical field. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And that's that's a whole nother thing as a, as a, you know, um, and, you know, I taught in the medical field for a long time and, you know, there is a Hippocratic oath that the doctors take that, you know, and in that oath, it talks about you are not supposed to play God and you are not supposed, you know, as far as, you know, going out there and doing whatever you want to do. And then you're supposed to help everyone, regardless of who. Their their sex, their their creed, uh, the religion, any of that stuff. So, um, the find you know when you hear stuff like this, and you hear it come from, you know, somebody here's a guy celebrating his ninetieth birthday, 
And on his 90th birthday, because he encounters this young man, he decides to put all of this out there. Now, I'm sure that wasn't by coincidence that it happened that way, because this guy's probably had to deal with this burden all his life. Yeah, definitely. Probably holding it in. Yeah, and that was something that, you know, just experiencing that young man, and it, it happened to be because this particular guy was not, you know, he wasn't someone that would have been a threat, you know, that would have punched him or beaten him up because of what he said. This was somebody that I guess he felt comfortable enough to say something to and to, to be honest with and to pour his soul out. Um, I don't know. How do you think you would have reacted if you were this young man as somebody <laughs> told you this? You, you know, I mean, to be honest, I, I probably feel sorry for him, you know, because it's like they think of all the regrets we have. And I mean, you know, of course, you know, um, I may be a little more than you, but we're not perfect. But, you know, there's a lot of things we've probably done in our lives that we want to confess. And what what do they say? Um, what, What's the thing, uh, the quote about, oh, the truth shall set you free. Right, right. And, you know, this was probably his opportunity to, in a certain way, kind of be set free, you know, from, from the guilt he's been holding. Because I'm sure it was probably, you know, even though what he did was horrible, but holding that guilt in for all them years and being regretful about it, which it sounds like he was, was probably just as bad. Yeah, and just think, I mean, in some sort of twisted way, his penalty or his um, punishment for holding and being involved in all of that back then, it's probably the fact that he has lived all of these years and he had to keep that, you know, inside of him and deal with it that way. Because right. who knows? You know, now that he's talked about it with someone, maybe, maybe, you know, he can now die in a peaceful way. You know what I mean? So, um, but I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I saw that video really struck me, you know, especially me coming up during the time that, you know, during the 60s and so forth when things were really out of hand at that particular time to hear this type of thing and you know um you know i just thought it was interesting and so for the anybody that may want to see that you can always reach out to me and i can send that video to you but it's on tiktok and um it is definitely something worthwhile listening to i'm sorry that we couldn't play it but um um but if you reach out to me i can get it to you okay all right, we'll move on to our next story. Sure. So, Dave, this is one I just saw recently, and it's one of those surprising but not surprising stories. So it was an article on Yahoo Finance via Business Insider, and it says 99% of Americans will be financially worse off. I'm sorry, will be financially wor more worse off um, in in the middle of 2024 than they were prior to the pandemic. So basically what they're saying is that um, prior to the pandemic, Americans 
were or are in a better place and they'll be in the middle of next year, you know, which is crazy because during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people got a lot of excess money. You know, there was a lot of um, stipends and ways everyone was talking about, you know, where's my STEMI? But Mm-hmm. they're actually saying in the middle of next year, majority of people will be worse off. So um, one of the bullet points says JP Morgan said that the vast majority of Americans have burned through excess savings. So since the pandemic, people have been um, shopping, you know, uh, spending more than their savings, spending more than they're making. And um, so it says it's likely that all but 1% of consumers will be worse off financially than they were pre-pandemic. So, you know, this is just crazy to think about because, you know, what it kind of tells me is that people during the pandemic got money and they kind of wasted it away, you know, along with, Um, And I think the article mentioned it as well, the rising price of food, the rising price of services, you know, the rising price of utilities. So, you know, this is something that I think, um, you know, a lot of people are going to have to be concerned with because, you know, clearly it tells us that 2024 is going to be a rough year for a lot of people. And, you know, this is something, you know, we... You know, I guess all of us may just want to be on the lookout for now. Um, what, what what are your thoughts? Do do you do you feel like a lot of people since the pandemic have been kind of overspending and doing things that may or may not have happened if the pandemic never came? Well, I don't know about overspending other than the fact that people have to pay more for the things they want mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, you know, all we got to do is look at the housing market right now, you know, whether you're renting or whether you're buying or, you know, or apartments or anything like that, you're spending more money now than you ever did to live in one of these, to live in one of those type places. Um Food costs more money and so forth. Um, you know, um, you know, the only thing that's been surprisingly kind of consistent is gas prices right now. You know, Right. and I find that a little interesting. It's kind of scary to be honest with you, because I have a feeling that we're gonna have a moment where everything's gonna shoot back up to four dollars again, you know, like we had last year around this time. So but I, I, you know, I, I could see where they're going with this. I mean, when you look at the pandemic and how much money was given out and so far, I ain't getting any of it, but that's another story. Um, how Did much you, money was did given you, out? you ain't, you ain't get no pandemic money? No, nothing. I didn't get no pandemic money, man. I ain't getting no stim. I didn't get any stimulus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Huh. uh, you know, so, you know, and I think about all the people that did, you know, people got the stimulus money. We won't even talk about unemployment, how people was getting unemployment plus get that extra $600, you know, Right. so you had people getting over a thousand dollars a week in unemployment, man. So, Oh, wow. I mean, Crazy. you know, so, you know, it, it was, it was really crazy. It was a big, you know, and a lot of people did do exactly what you just said. A lot of people just blew the money, you know, because they had it. Um, not many people planned ahead and, and put money, uh, put money away. Um, to for a rainy day, they did not save the money according to the way they should have saved it. 
And so as you go into 2024, a lot of people are in debt. A lot of people have gotten themselves in debt because of everything that's going on out there. You know, even even I mean, you could take a look around during the Christmas time and you looked at the shopping. I mean, I mean, I, uh, take aside the Christiana Mall or, or any mm -hmm. of the big malls. But when you went in a lot of these stores, the regular stores that you would normally go in, they wasn't packed packed. I mean, only certain stores were, you know, I mean, you know, your staple stores might have been, you know, busy, but you know, the the little the medium sized stores that you can buy gifts at and stuff like that, a lot right. of them wasn't busy. And and I've read um yesterday that a lot of them reported lows for, you know, this time of year, you know. Um yeah, I, I you know, I think it's hard with the online too, because online you know, is just killing everything. Yeah, it, it is. And and it's kinda like, okay, why leave the house if you don't have to? No. No, you know, I mean, you know, people are having packages delivered every day. I mean, you know, I mean, it's 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 crazy. I mean, um and the and the stores are partially to blame for that, but then you know, because they, you know, they had to get in, they had to um, get with the program in order for them to keep up with the program. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, so 2024 is going to be an interesting year because, of course, it's election year, too. And we know how that goes when there's election, a big election right. year. So depending on who's going to be in our next president, whether it's going to still be Biden or Kamala or you know or or whoever is going to be on that other side you know um it's going to be interesting because that's going to that's also going to be a big part of what the um, financial culture is going to be like mm -hmm. too, as well yes so that's how that's how that's where i see it you know i, I can't say i disagree because it, 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 they could be right. I mean, these financial institutions that deal with money all the time, they probably see the numbers. They know, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure their actuaries and everybody else is saying, hey, look, man, we need to brace ourselves. This could be a rough year, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, so you know, but, I just thought it was an interesting article because, um, you know, we, we always hope that, I guess, as a community, we kind of, advance every year but it looks like next year 99 percent of the people are going to be at a decline yeah yeah and and um you know i i, I guess we'll be talking that about that at this time next year yeah. <laughs> you know we'll see yeah. yeah so yeah we shall okay all right well well keeping in line with what you just talked about as far as um here in the United States, and if what what they're predicting as far as um, finances and you know money and all of that kind of stuff, uh, let's turn our story to our next story. Uh, let's turn our attention to our next story, um, which has to do kind of indirectly with what we just talked about. Except this is a different way of looking at things. Uh, this story is about an Atlanta woman who buys a dream home in Italy for $62,000. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. Atlanta may be where Stephanie Sinclair is based, but uh, the American woman is finding happiness overseas 
with her home she purchased in Italy. Um, um, she Sinclair detailed how a trip to Palermo, Sicily, on a whim, resulted in her buying a home for $62,000. Um, let's see. She, I knew from the moment I landed that I loved it here, and I was almost, it was almost like home for me. The LaRue 1680 Tea Company founder said about the port city. Although she loved Palermo, the thought of actually finding residency there seemed like a fantasy, um, um, more like a fantasy than reality to her. Um, tell you a little more about this place. Uh, it wasn't until the pandemic, here we go with the pandemic, and, and the lessening <laughs> mortgage rates that came with it um, Sinclair thought of um, buying a home. However, when mortgages rose again in, in the States in 2021, with homes on her radar exceeding $450,000, it was time to look in a different direction. And her Facebook group of Americans who moved to Europe, Sinclair, Sinclair later came upon. And it's funny. I've heard there's a lot of us moving to Europe at this particular time. And this has been going on. This has been a movement for like the last three or four years, by the way, Leonard, that a lot of people are moving to Europe. Right. Um, I started looking outside the country for just what I, what was available. It was just, it was m really more than curiosity, just looking. And I don't think in that moment that I knew that it would actually lead to a purchase. So this is what she ended up getting. Once Sinclair found a real estate agency that sells for property at affordable prices, the search was on. In November 2021, the 41-year-old business owner found her three-bedroom, two-bath, 4,000-square-foot Italian dream home months later in March of 2022. Sinclair closed on the residence. Despite the housing, the housing being a fixer-upper, with some renovations needed, Sinclair revealed that she only spent around twenty-one thousand dollars to fix the house up. As a revolt, as a result, she managed to turn the garage into a living room and a bar, adding another bedroom and bathroom. The New York Post noted, with highlighting Sinclair's desire to maintain the home's um original look now think about this um she said the house is at least 500 years old that we know of it's rented it's remodeled uh, it was remodeled about 100 years ago and the floors are at least 100 years old and they're still kicking um compared to atlanta looks like she got the better of the deal. The matriarch said, "Who now? Keep this in mind. Her her annual salary is only eighty thousand a year. So she's not a rich rich person. She mm -hmm. makes a good living. Okay. Uh, she sells out. She sells out in Atlanta for the place that she rents a rental home, a three story rental home, twenty six hundred dollars a month. 
Wow. Okay. All right. Um, um, Wi-Fi and utilities in Atlanta, an additional uh, $1,100 for car payments and gas. In Sicily, she revealed her living expenses are minimal, with just under an estimated $1,400 total on utilities, food, subscriptions, and insurance spending in Sicily. That's a big difference. It is. So, you know, I, I, I saw the story and I started thinking to myself, because especially, you know, and it's funny, we just got finished talking about what we just got finished talking about. So, and I think she says she goes overseas every 12 weeks or so. And she's eventually thinking about moving there permanently. Now, if you can cut your expenses at basically less than half, and you bought a home for $62,000 renovation, $21,000, you're still under $100,000 for a 4,000 square foot home? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, Dave, you can't even find that here. I mean, for no, under hundred thousand, you can't 000, find that anywhere here. Yeah, under a <laughs> hundred thousand in the city of Wilmington, you're gonna get a no. third house that need a, a total renovation, and you're not gonna want to live there. No, and 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 you're not. And keep in mind, you, even if you found something like that here in Delaware, you know, by the time you know, with the renovations and everything, you're gonna spend over a hundred thousand dollars easily. And then you still got to pay, you know, you got to pay taxes, property taxes. You got to do this. You got to do that, man. I mean, there's no way you can spend that kind of money here in in the United States and walk away like that. And here she is. And 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 she's in Sicily. I mean, she's not in some slouch. She's not in some no-name no place. Right. You know, so... Um, so I just thought that was very interesting. It's very diligent of her. I wonder how many people would see this and start looking over that way. Because that that's a good investment if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Well, you know, I think one of the biggest things is just fear of change. And, you know, <laughs> mo moving out the country and into a, a, another country. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably be surprised how many people speak, speak English all over the world. So. Yeah, you know, even the yeah. language isn't the biggest thing. It's just, okay, well, you know, that, like that first step is the hardest. So, yeah, well, I mean, if you can make that a kind of adjustment and especially her being a woman of color and being able to to um, uh, be able to go out there and make a, a, a decision like this. And um, and and I hear that Sicily is is a place that. Almost anybody can live. I've heard that before. So um, it doesn't, you know, that people aren't, you know, well, outside of America, you know, you don't hear about a lot of the prejudices, especially when right. it comes to Europe, you know. So, um, but I just thought that was a great story and definitely a great investment. And, you know, hey, if I had $100,000 sitting around like that, I would look it up. Yeah, I would follow her lead and find something like that myself. You know, even if yeah. I used it as an investment property just to rent out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So, all right. So when are you going to start looking? Well, you, well, you know, I got uh, four kids. I, I got to get out the house first. So I, I got a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right, a little man. bit of time. Okay. You got a little bit of time. Okay. All right.
All right, but I just thought I'd bring that story to her attention. I thought that was a great story, especially since we just got finished talking about economy and money and all that kind of stuff. But there's a op- there's a alternative. There's alternatives out there in order to get the best uh for uh the best value for the money that you do have. And and I thought she did a great job with that. Oh, so yeah, hats off to hats off to Miss Sinclair for uh her purchase. And, you know, hopefully she gets to enjoy it for a very long time. So now just as a final caveat and then I'm done, make sure you do your research. Like, don't don't just go up and moving to any city that you've heard of before. Yeah, 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 you know, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know what may happen. You know, we've seen enough movies, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, including the one with Leon Taken. Yeah, yeah. Kidnapped. Uh, missing yeah, you know, all, yeah. all those movies <laughs> yeah okay yeah just make sure that Liam Neeson lives in the neighborhood somewhere that's all you know that way he can help you out a little bit so alright so well speaking of Liam Neeson and movies and, and so forth I just wanted to I came across this list last night and you know this is me um, always wanted to talk about different things. Uh, I don't know how much Leonard's going to be able to keep up with this, but I just thought, you know, uh, I saw this list called the best TV dramas of 2023. Now, I know Leonard's not a big TV watcher, but I know he watches some of this stuff. But uh, for our listeners, because sometimes I have to, you know, get away from what I think Leonard might do or whatever. I got to talk. I got to talk to you guys because I know how you guys are. So, um, but, um, I wanted to talk about this list cause I thought it was pretty cool. Some of the things on here and find out how much of this that Leonard has watched and what he has. <laughs> so here we go. Um, so the, the, uh, the best TV dramas of 2023, and I think it's like 10 of them that we're going to talk about. So I'll go through it pretty quickly. Um, uh, the very first one, my favorite snowfall that was that was my show man and that last season did you did you get to see it um i did not see the last season but i i've seen the other one with franklin oh man you gotta see the last season. yeah you gotta see the last season because and i'm not you know because you haven't seen it yet i'm not going to get too deep into it but don't but don't don't give no details but he's been saying this to me for a while ever since it went off but anyway um snow snowfall the way they ended it, a lot of people was pretty upset at first, but then when people really dissected what they did, how Franklin just kind of came, the main character Franklin from the show, um, kind of came full circle during the run of the show and how they ended it. It was very, very interesting the way they did it. And it got a lot of applause at the end on how the last episode ended and they're talking about doing a spinoff from the show. Um, I guess with the writer's strike and everything that kind of put um, everything um, back a little bit. But if you guys didn't get a chance to see snowfall, any part of snowfall, because it's an excellent series, by the way, John Singleton um, was the main uh, producer of the and director of this of the show. Of course, he passed away, but they kept it going. And I this was one of my favorite shows on TV. So, um, um, 
it's it's interesting because they when you look at this show my other favorite show was power the original power when it first came out and and they kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways with uh, the main characters and even how they both kind of end up at the end so it's just interesting um how you see franklin at the end i know you say you didn't get a chance to see this yet but i strongly strongly recommend folks if you get a chance please watch snowfall if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen the last season definitely check out the last season any comment there no i mean i agree i definitely gotta check out that last season and okay. i mean i i when i was watching snowfall i thought it was great i think i just missed oh, yeah. like the season opener and then i just never got a chance to catch up the act, the acting is really good. They, they they did a really good job with that, and I was on board from episode one, man. I was I just fell in love with the show, so it's a great show. The next one was uh, um, Secret Invasion, a Marvel series, um, with uh, focused on our old buddy, Mister Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson's character from the Avengers and all the Marvel movies, Iron Man and all of that. Did you get to see any of this? No, you know, I feel like I I passed it on Disney Plus, but I never actually watched it. Right. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's a Marvel series. And it kind of picks up um, any any of you Marvel fans out there. You know, the infamous blip is what they call it, the five-year um, period where everybody goes mm -hmm. missing. It picks up after that with um, with Fury and what's going on with Fury from that point on. And um, it's pretty interesting. I, I watched the series. I thought it was uh, definitely different. It's a harder-edged Fury. Um, if you're a Nick Fury fan... Um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But it was it was pretty it was pretty interesting. I thought it was uh, pretty good. Uh, so for those who are Nick Fury fan or Marvel fans, I definitely would recommend seeing that series. Uh, another series is um, that was very popular. I have not had a chance to watch yet, but I've heard all good things about it. It's a series called Found. Um, have you guys watched any of that? No, we have not. Have you heard of it? I think I is it on Netflix. What what network? Yes, is it on? uh, it's on. Is it Netflix or or Peacock? It's a Peacock, I think it is. Okay. Uh, but um, um, yeah, it's a it's a very uh, popular story about a kidnap uh kidnapping that happened and what went on during that particular time. But it's uh. A very popular series. It's been in the top 10 as far as most watched TV shows all season. So uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but it was something that I plan on tuning into. Um, I think they said you can watch it on YouTube as well. So, okay. Um, next show, one of my favorites, Bel Air. Have you mm -hmm. gotten a chance to watch Bel Air? Yep, we have watched Bel Air. Yeah, I like it. thought it was good. I I love Bel Air. I love the total flip of the characters. I mean, it's 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 genius the way they took these characters that we kind of all came up with, you know, and took them and flipped them into the serious people 
and kind of gave you like the alternate universe look at them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, who's your favorite characters on on this show? The way they have them written now. I kind of like Uncle Phil. Like I, I kind of like yeah. his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he was just kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's smooth. Yeah, he's smooth. Anybody else? I mean, I like the different characters they play, but I feel like he was the most um, almost like okay, like what's his next move gonna be? You know, yeah. like you know, what, what's he about to do next? Yeah, I tell you, my 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 favorite character, my guy, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, gangster man. <laughs> you know, Je Jeffrey is like. He he knows everything, you know. But he was that way on the original show, you know. Everything kind of went through Jeffrey on that show. But on this show, Jeffrey is like James Bond, you know. He's mm -hmm. like that man of mystery. So I really like what they did with Jeffrey, and I also like, even though it seems so extreme, even what they did with Carlton, because you figure Carlton being raised the way he was and everything and then will comes in and he's so opposite of him you know jeff you know carlton had to have issues with will coming in you know what i yeah. mean right yeah so so i like how they did this show i thought it's i thought it was a great flip and i hear they're talking about doing a couple other shows out you know like this too so oh, we'll wow. see what happens yeah so all right well, well they we, we gotta wait for that family matters reading <laughs> <laughs> that would be something wouldn't it mm -hmm. <laughs> the family matters yeah uh or the cosby show right um yeah. but anyway <laughs> all right um another show that i plan on watching probably over this weekend because i keep getting everybody keeps talking about this show have you watched the show black cake have you uh, heard of it here say the name again black cake cake yeah, like eating cake. Yeah, no, I, I've never heard of it. Man, I keep hearing about this show. I've had about five, six people say, "Dave, you got to watch Black Cake." Everybody's talking about this show. Um, um, let's see. Um, it's only been on about a month or so, but they said people are really going nuts over this show. So I'm gonna start watching it over the weekend. Um, I'll be able to talk more about that as I start watching it. But I heard it's very, very good. So, um, another show, Swarm. I did watch a little bit of that, uh, of that with Dominique uh, Fishback. The, I don't know if you know her. She's in the latest Transformer movie, and um, um, but that was um, that was the one where the girl was the big Beyonce like fan. Remember, she was uh, part of the. There was a thing called the swarm, like the beehive. And there was a character who was a Beyonce-like character. And this girl was going around killing a lot of people because they kept talking <laughs> about it. You, you didn't see this? No, I, I did not see oh, that. Oh, man. Swarm was, swarm was talked about for a lot because, uh, because they thought that this girl, I mean, the person that uh, the girl was killing for was Beyonce-like person. Gotcha. Oh yeah, it's called Swarm, man. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. Um, but you gotta check that out when you get a chance. I did like that, by the way. 
Uh, another uh, series I heard about that was supposed to be pretty good is called Top Boy. Um, I think that's a British series, Yep. if I'm not Yeah, mistaken. I, I I have seen some of that and I, I Yeah, liked it. okay. Is is it good? Yeah, I mean I, I thought it was interesting. I know that I did not get through the whole first season, but it like it's definitely one of the ones when you start watching it and you have a good grasp of what's going on, you'll Mm. you'll keep watching it. Yeah, and that's what I've been hearing about it because people who told me about it, they said that um you gotta watch it. You know, don't don't get thrown off by the first couple of episodes. You gotta keep watching. So okay. Um and the the last one I'm gonna mention, which is also one of my favorites, is the Godfather Father of Harlem. Have you watched any of this series? Mm hmm. I have. Okay. Um The Godfather of Harlem is a very good series. Um, talks about the uh, back during the days of Bumpy Johnson, New York, um, Harlem, New York's um, top gangster back then. Um, his relationship with Malcolm X and um, a lot of the stuff that went on back then. Um, it's a very good series. Forrest Whitaker plays the the uh, Bumpy Johnson character. I strongly recommend this series. I just heard that it got picked up for another season. So um, be on the lookout for that to come out soon. Um, it ended last season with the attempt on Malcolm X's life. Uh, well, Hold on, Dave. Dave, you, Dave, I know. I, I said the attempt. That's all I said. Dave, Remember, you, there was more than one. There was more than one attempt. Okay. Dave, Dave you, you, you're around here. You got our uh, our um, listeners slamming down their phones. Oh Lord! Anyway, Um, anyway, you know, anyway. logging off. Well, we know it ain't we know it ain't you. So anyway, Yeah. so um, <laughs> but anyway, strongly recommend. Well acted, very very informative because there's a lot of stuff. Of course, it's Hollywood, but there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, a lot of nuggets in in this um in this documentary. I mean, this series. Um, you know, because they mentioned, you know, of course, Martin Luther King and um, a lot of a lot of civil rights people from back during that time. So just keep that in mind. Um, check that out. So those are the the recommended top um, or best shows of this past year. I'm going to throw the bear in there. These shows are basically have a lot of black characters in them. That's the reason that they talked about these particular ones. But I'm going to throw the bear in there, too. I really like that show as well. So any uh any other show you might want to add? Uh, no. So, I mean, I do know on Netflix, they have some top Netflix shows. So Mm hmm. um, the wife and I, we watched this um, Asian, I guess maybe Chinese drama. And uh, it, it was pretty good. But I think on Netflix, it had been getting great reviews, top 10. Um, I cannot remember the name of it, but I'm sure I'm sure if you Google
strongly reprimand. I mean, reprimand. I, I, I strongly recommend that um, series about two sisters who were separated um, a long time ago, and then what happens when they come back together. But uh, it's called Blood and Water. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find out what this one is called because uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh wow. You don't, you don't see it? Okay. No. All right, but, but anyway, we'll come to does us it later. Have subtitle? Is it a subtitle thing or is it? No. So it's actually you know a uh, whatever you a, a American dialogue over it. Okay. Okay. So it's been dubbed. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, I'm pre I'm pretty sure it probably when you, I guess when you put in top um, top shows on Netflix, it might come up. Or I would say so, but I, it's not coming, it ain't up, coming for up for me now. now so I'm not, not sure. <laughs> that figures okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that uh, somebody might know what we're talking about. That's listening to us and might throw it out there. Are you talking about you know that type of thing? So. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard, Leonard's looking all over the place. I can't find it right yeah. now. Yeah, don't you hate when that happens, man? Did you yeah. know, you know, because um, I know there was something on there called the Shogun that was supposed to be pretty good. I think that was a remake too of Shogun. So, oh well. I mean, all right. All right. it is well, what it is. It is what it is. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have been listening to News and Trends with Dave and Len. We're uh, coming to the end of our show. We're um, going into our last thing, which is Leonard's favorite part of the show, um, Dave's Corner. And today I thought we'd do something a little different because they've been doing a lot of talking about it. There's a great, um, speaking of shows, there's a great um, documentary on, um, I think it's on Showtime. Showtime? Um about um Michael Jackson's thriller. Um 40 years um of thriller celebrating the anniversary of thriller. I can't believe it's been 40 years since that that album came out. That's incredible. Let's see. You were just a kid when that came out, huh? Yeah. Uh seven years old. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So but um I wanted to kind of, it, it's funny because um, when I watched the documentary, I thought the documentary was really good. And it's always great. I'll be honest with you. It's always great being able to see Michael Jackson doing his thing, you know, and, and being creative and and then see everything that went into the making of the album. So with that being said, I just wanted to kind of talk about it because there was some surprising things. It's still the number one selling album of all time. Um, you know, they said it sold 70 million units here in the United States, but worldwide it sold over 100 million units. Um, um, it's still, the, I mean, after 40 years, it's still the number one selling album. Um, it has seven number one, I mean, the seven uh, top 10 hits, two number one hits. Um, one in 12 Grammys. I mean, the album was just fire. I mean, it was, it was crazy. But, you know, when you look at the songs that was on this album, um, and when I was watching the documentary and they were going through 
the album, I didn't realize, you almost forget, unless you had the album right in front of you, what songs were on the album. Because at that time, Michael was, you know, Michael just come off the Off the Wall album. Mm -hmm. And he had like this, that Off the Wall, then this, and then Bad. I mean, he had the albums in a row that had a lot of music that we did, you know, a lot of popular music on it. I did not know that the very first song on this album was I Want to Be Starting Something. You Want to Be Starting Something. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Uh, not offhand. I did, I, not. Did I did not think that. You know what? I didn't even think that song was on this album. I thought it was on the Off the Wall album. But that threw me for a loop because, of course, you know, when you hear about uh, when you hear about this album, of course, you know, the two songs come to mind right away, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, but that was the very first song. And I said, wow, because when I saw the documentary, I said, that was the first song. Now, think about that. You start out with that song as the number one song, you know, the album's going to be fire. You right. know that, right? So um, then another thing that threw me for a loop, I always thought this was, you know, you would think that Thriller was a two album set. There was only nine songs on this album. Oh, that's it? Oh, wow. <laughs> see? See see how you reacted to that? Mm -hmm. Isn't that hard to believe? Didn't it seem like it was a bigger album than that? Yeah, I, I, I definitely thought it was a bigger one. Yeah. So, um, but it was only nine songs on this album. And keep in mind, seven of them were top ten hits. That's even that's crazy in itself right there. So um, it went from Want to Be Starting Something to the second song single was Baby Be Mine. Then the third one, which I forgot was on this album, The Girl Is Mine with Paul McCartney. I forgot mm -hmm. that was on this album. Did you know that was on there? I, I did not. Okay. The fourth single released was Thriller. Then the fifth single was Beat It. <laughs> <laughs> and the sixth single was Billy G. It just oh, got wow. it just got bigger and bigger, you know, as it went along. You know, so the seventh single, Human Nature. I mean, the eighth single, PYT, Pretty Young Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's a lady in my life was the last single how could you write an album any better than that i know and, no, and so he definitely came with it he came, they came with him and him and quincy man and they said michael wrote like 80 percent of the album quincy did the composing but he wrote the 80 percent of the album um the but when you look at the lineup of the songs and the way they were lined up, he just hit you at with banger at the banger at the banger at the banger at the banger. I mean, no wonder like the album didn't go anywhere. The album was on the charts for over 150 weeks or something crazy like that. Number one on number one album, something like that. 152, I said, I think they said 157, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. But do you think there'll ever be another album written like this? Eventually, there will be. Who? I mean, where? I mean, we know every one of these songs. Yeah, well, now we do. I mean, they, 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 they. Still nowadays, all, you don't know every play. one of the songs. Keep uh -huh. in mind, nowadays you don't know all the songs. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, right mean, now the closest, the closest to that 
it's probably Taylor Swift. Because Taylor, her people tend, you know, they know her yeah, songs. They are. But but even Beyonce can't even say that you know every song on her album. Well, I mean, the, trust trust me, Dave. Them fans know every song. I know, I know <laughs> the fan, her fans. But I'm talking about all these songs got radio play. Yeah. All these songs were, I mean, everybody knew every one of these songs. I mean, I don't think you ever, I mean, it. the way that the songs are distributed now, you know, you got SoundCloud, you got, you know, you got, you know, you got all the music streaming services and so forth. For an album to be come out and you know every record on the on the song on the album, I just don't see that happening again. I don't think people are committed to listening to music that way anymore. I'm just saying. <laughs> we we what day? I, I feel like eventually it's going to happen. Now we don't know who, we don't know when, we don't know where, but um, eventually. And the fact, well, uh, let's see, because even with all, because, you know, he doesn't have, I, I, I thought that Michael would have be at the top with the most number one hits of all time, but it's not him, it's Taylor. And you have to be doing something to have more hits than Michael Jackson, number one oh. hits than Michael Jackson. Right, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, so, but... I just thought it was interesting when I went through looking at this album and I remember the, you know, I remember when the album came out and, but I just forgot about the music that was on this album when, until I watched that documentary and you said, Oh my God, that song was on there. That song was on there. And you know, you said, you were like, how could he miss? Because Michael, did you know that Michael was mad when he went into the making of this album? Because he thought off the wall, was going to be the biggest selling album of all time. <laughs> and Off not. the Wall produced, it produced uh, three or four <laughs> um, hit uh, top 10 singles, mm -hmm. but it didn't do the numbers that he thought it would do, even though it right. did very well. So when he went into the making of this album, he went into the making of this album with one purpose and one purpose alone to have the best selling album of all time. Uh, I think he kind of accomplished that. Yeah, I mean, we're here, here we are. What you say? Forty years later. Forty years later, and it's still the number one album sold ever. Yeah, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up for those people who, like myself, I was a Michael Jackson fan. You know, I thought he was the greatest entertainer that ever lived, and. um I just thought he was a genius. And you, you know, a lot of people who don't know, who are young now, who probably don't know, is just how much of a musician. This guy, he would hum, they said he would hum the parts for the musicians to figure out how to play it. Think about that. So he would give each musician, you know, the parts to play. So. I don't know. I just thought it was uh, something worthwhile mentioning. So, Vinny, I just strongly recommend, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, Thriller, um, the 40-year anniversary. Oh, hold on, Dave. Where um, where do they see it at? That's on, um, I think it's Showtime. I think it's Showtime. 
Okay. Let me see. Because it's uh yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's not HBO. I'm sure it's Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and, and for any uh, listeners who don't have access to Showtime, just message Dave. He'll send you his password <laughs> so you can get in and watch it. No, uh, by now, I'm sure you, because, you know, as soon as it shows one time, YouTube gets a hold of it. I'm sure they can go to YouTube and see parts of it anyway. So, so, but it's definitely worthwhile checking out. Yeah, definitely. Um, they have the musicians that played on the album. You know, it's, it's really something to see. So, all right. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Uh, that's our show for today. Um, anything you want to add before we start off, Mr. Young? No, you know, just want to wish everybody a happy new year. You know, if there was anything you did not get to finish this year, definitely put it on your list. You know, make a note, hang it up, put it in your phone, set a reminder. Today, next year, we're trying to accomplish all our goals. Right. All right. So that's um, to get put on the payroll, Leonard's payroll, and all of that stuff. I'm, I'm hoping to accomplish that soon. So I'll let you guys know how I'll make out next year. All right. <laughs> but uh, happy, uh, happy New Year to you guys. Be safe, whatever you do. Be careful and enjoy yourself. All right. We'll talk to you in the new year. All right. Happy New Year. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn. 